This is episode 367, Should I Stay in the Relationship for the Baby with Cassie. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. As a reminder, every Wednesday is a life coaching episode like this where you get to hear a courageous, amazing person vulnerably share about something they're dealing with in their life and hear me coach them. And then after we play the call, I break down what I did, why I coached the way that I did. So it's an incredible way to learn. You know, when we're hearing someone else be coached, often our own defenses go down. So we're more open to aha moments and breakthroughs when we're listening to someone else. It's one of the main reasons I do the show. It's because I know so many of you have breakthroughs by listening to someone else be coached. And every Saturday, I air something called Coach's Corner, where I either interview someone or I share a bit with you from my own life or anything I feel inspired to share. Last Saturday, I aired five reminders that I think all of you need to be reminded of. I raised my hand to that as well. So if you missed that very short episode, go back and listen to that. Also, as another reminder, my women's retreat is coming up. It's the first weekend in October in Austin, Texas. This is a life-changing event. I highly encourage you to come. If you have any questions about it, you can email jill at christinehasler.com. All the information about the retreat is at christinehasler.com slash signature retreat. I'm very excited about this weekend. I know it's going to be incredibly transformational and really needed for so many of you, especially those of you who have felt very isolated since the pandemic, have felt disconnected, or have really felt like you have had a lot of growth during this time and your life really hasn't caught up. You know, your, your outside doesn't reflect your inside. Basically anyone, <laughs> any, anyone at any point in your life, this retreat is very, very valuable and very timely for. It's amazing how the work works on whatever you need to work on. And that's how I designed the retreat so that whatever your issue may be, or concern may be, or age, or demographic, or history, or trauma, whatever it is, there's a place for you. And the work that we do will help you move through anything and everything. So I really look forward to meeting so many of you. Most women who come to the retreat are podcast listeners, and it's just such a joy for me to be able to connect with you and meet so many of you. So again, christinehaster.com slash signature retreat. So This is a very beautiful call with Cassie who happens to be seven months pregnant. Definitely listen to my breakdown at the end and hear a little bit more about why I coached her the way I coached her. As you are listening, consider, are you in a relationship and you just don't know whether to stay or go? Do you have children and you're concerned that the relationship isn't a fit and you don't know whether or not you should stay together for the kids? Do you feel like your partner isn't holding up their end of the agreement financially personal development wise, or in any other way. And finally, do you have clear agreements with your partner so that each of you know what you can expect and count on from the other to prevent expectation hangovers? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Cassie. Cassie, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi. So I am a little over seven months pregnant. Congratulations. And thank you so much. 
while it's been a really amazing journey, it's been difficult on my relationship and it's definitely brought a lot of shadows to the surface and fears that were really not potentially aligned as long-term partners. Mm. And so I've been in this big struggle of, is it better to part ways sooner than later, or is it better to wait until after baby is here? And is it really fixable or is it, you know, my intuition telling me to step away? Mm. How long have you been with your partner? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. And did were you consciously working to get pregnant or was it something that happened no, it was a surprise. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. And how are you feeling about being a mom? I feel excited. I was definitely in some shock at first, but yeah, I think as, as all moms feel, as it gets closer, there's just excitement. Um, even though there is fear of the unknown, especially if it may be a solo journey at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the value disconnect with your partner? What are your concerns? Definitely. We have uh, really different ways of communicating, but interestingly, it seems a lot of our discussions and arguments surround money, which is really interesting. We definitely have different values with money and different expectations of one another with money. Like, can you give me an example? Yeah. So he recently left a career in law enforcement that was really taxing on him and, and not healthy. And he's in a place where I think he would like me to cover all finances while he decides what his next step is. And that's truly not something I'm comfortable with, especially right now where I would really prefer to be able to lean on him as, you know, I'm birthing a baby and taking time to bond with baby. And it's difficult because it's like, we just see so opposite of that. Like to him, I'm being really unreasonable or like greedy Mm. And then I look at him and I'm like, yo, you need to be like the provider (laughs) right now. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. Yeah. I don't know that it helps. (laughs) What kept you together the two and a half years? We do have a lot in common. We have really great chemistry. We have a lot of shared values in other ways. But I mean, I think honestly speaking, things were starting to feel rough. And then I found out I was pregnant. Mm. So you know, yeah. And I mean, you can get all spiritual into that, of course, into like, what is the meaning of all that? But it doesn't change the fact that it's, it feels really confusing as to what is the next step. Well, uh, have you talked about this with him? A little bit. He's really, even though at times he's very um, critical of the relationship and even of me, he's really clear he wants to be in this relationship. So he's not really interested in not being together. And yet there's not a lot of changes happening. Hmm. I know. (laughs) How involved of a father does he want to be? He definitely wants to be involved. He has an eight year old from a previous marriage and he is a great dad. He's very patient and, you know, great with him. So that definitely feels like a positive in all this. But if we weren't together, it's hard to say if he'd be as involved. Yeah. So when you, one thing about pregnancy is that it really, really connects you to your intuition more Mm -hmm. so than you have it in the past. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, um, but it's a possibility that happens for all women. So when you really lean into your, your intuition and your inner knowing, 
And because you have another soul, you have another soul in there, another being in there who's very, very tapped into source right now. It's one of the reasons we become so intuitive when we're pregnant because we have this super high consciousness growing inside of us. When you tap into that, what answer do you get? Hmm. It's so hard because I think my hope gets in the way, but I think my intuition feels it's, this is not the long-term relationship that I'll be in. Hmm. But in terms of a timeline, I, that's harder for me to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's one thing that I've learned about having a baby. And I've learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Is that having super clear agreements in place about who's doing what when the baby comes is really, really important. So maybe, Cassie, mm-hmm. the focus is more on co-parenting and not on whether or not you stay in the relationship or not. Because truth be told, and I'm sure this isn't true for all women and couples, but it was certainly true for me. When a new baby comes along, especially, is this your first? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's your first and you're learning everything and it's, it's beautiful and overwhelming in so many ways. Really the last thing on your mind is your relationship. You're learning to breastfeed. You're trying to sleep. You're navigating this new person. You're recovering from birth. There's so much happening that the relationship becomes a little bit secondary. And it doesn't stay that way forever, but it's not the primary focus. The primary focus is on the child. Mm -hmm. And I feel, and, and here's how we'll know if what I'm saying is on point or not. If you start to feel a sense of relief, then we're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. If you start to feel anything else, knots in your stomach, feeling like you don't want to interrupt me, anything else than relief, then shut me up and we'll go in a different direction. (laughs) So just just track your body as I'm talking, okay? Can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So are you on board with what I'm saying so far? That when a new baby comes, like the relationship focus isn't, isn't really there. Yeah. What's most important is to have those clear agreements. So I almost feel like putting aside, are we staying together or not right now? Because you don't have that much time left. The third Mm -hmm. trimester flies by. This baby's (laughs) going to be here before you know it. And if you're navigating a breakup, do you live together? Yeah. Yeah. Navigating a breakup, him moving out, all that kind of stuff. That's quite a bit of stress as you're coming into giving birth what it seems might be most supportive if, if you know, okay, I don't know if this relationship is good or not headed, you know, long-term or not, but it probably is in the highest good of, of me and the baby that we're all together in the first part of, do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? No, it's a surprise. Okay. And the first part of this little baby's life. Yeah. And now, well, let me ask you a couple questions. Is he abusive in any way? No. Is he super toxic in any way? Um, Doing drugs at home, drinking too much, watching porn, gambling, any of those things? Mm -mm, No. Okay. So is he bringing anything that would be negative or harmful into your life for you or the baby? I think only the emotional distress that comes from our disagreements. But Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you could really make becoming a new parent and becoming the best parents 
the best co-parents to this baby the priority. You might have less disagreements. You're probably having disagreements right now because you're trying to figure out whether or not you're staying together. Mm-hmm. If you could kind of have in your head, you know, I don't really think this is a forever thing, but it is a right now thing. And this soul chose to came, come in and it chose me and him as parents. And let's give this child that family union at the beginning. Like if you could commit to the first six months of really just how can you both be the best parents and put disagreements aside. And you may enroll him in this and just say, look, I know our relationship hasn't been the best. Instead of fighting all the time, instead of trying to figure out a relationship, could we just pause on are we, you know, staying together or not, but really see that we are co-parents, make that our priority and just get some really clear agreements in place about how we want to do that. Is that a conversation you could have with him? Totally. And it sounds less intense and stressful (laughs) than the other conversations we've been having. Yeah. What conversations have you been having? Deeper things like, yeah, like what are we doing? Are we really not a fit for each other? Yeah. The money conversations and all of these just open up so many wounds. Yeah. So it's like it gets nowhere. Yeah. And I think you can say, I'm not in a place to provide financially right now. So an agreement we need to make is you need to figure that out for yourself. Like I'm not in a place where I can carry that for our family because you are a family. You are. Mm -hmm. And this is where your mama bear is going to need to step up and kind of be like, it doesn't need to be a huge argument. It can just be, look, I, and this is where your vulnerability and your feminine vulnerability is going to be really, really important is just saying, you know, this is not something I can do. Yeah. And look at Cassie of when you, I want you to pay attention to when you can avoid an argument, when you can really look at how can I respond in a way that doesn't lead to a disagreement that doesn't lead to an argument. How can I respond in a way that's going to keep my nervous system more regulated? Because can you see how there definitely is some anger that you're holding at him? Totally. There's definitely resentment brewing. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know if it's brewing. I think it's fully cooked. (laughs) It's there. And, you know, you feel that, the baby feels that. And, you know, he may or may not change. Mm Mm-hmm. But having an expectation that you're going to have like this massive breakthrough in your relationship either way, two months before you're giving birth, that's a lot to ask of both of you. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Totally. So what are some things, again, because there's part of me that wants to kind of coach you on the relationship and go, is it fixable or not? But there's also a part of me that is really leaning towards we have a baby coming and how do we set you up for success in Mm co-parenting? And when you kind of get out of, I mean, some people say 40 days, some people say three months, I'm six months in. Actually, we're recording this on September 13th. So Athena's 13, I'm sorry, six months today. And I'm just now feeling, not like I was before I gave birth, but I'm just now feeling like, okay, I've got a grip on this motherhood thing. I can mm. do, you know, like it's, I'm just kind of coming out of the birth portal, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so 
how can you set yourself up in a way that gives you what you need? And think of him as your co-parent rather than your boyfriend, partner, lover. Mm-hmm. What kind of agreements would you need? Mm, such a great question. I think it would be really good for us, yeah, to define the roles, like you said. And, you know, for the first month, we have a lot of community that'll be here to support us and, you know, do the dishes and the laundry and and whatever we need. But after that, that's where it's all hazy is then what will his role be? It may be difficult for the money conversation to not come up in this because I think he he's kind of said like, well, if I go get a job right now, then I can't help around the house as much, which is really difficult for me okay, to, you well, know, to not say a lot to that. But. Yeah. Say, okay, so let's get really specific about what you could do and what you couldn't do. So if you work from nine to six, what would you be capable of doing in those other hours? Right. And that's where I think there's another core difference just in maybe motivation Mm -hmm. because he thinks, well, I'll be so tired. I couldn't do anything. And again, as someone like entering motherhood, that's like, well, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is where you really need to call him forward again with that feminine vulnerability. So mm-hmm. when he says something that pisses you off, what's generally your response? I try to use I statements for, you know, the first little bit and try to show that vulnerability, but often because he will get a little accusatory or like, you don't support me, you don't support my vision. Then yeah, usually it'll finally get me to, to say something out of anger Mm-hmm. So when he says something like that, why don't you just say instead, I hear that it's really important that you feel I support your vision. Where do you feel I'm not doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he'd probably say something like, well, I don't really want to just get a job for money. I want to, I want to live my passion. And uh, that's where, again, we disagree where right. I'm like, but right now you do need to make money for your family. Yeah. And you can say, I hear that. And I'm not negating that at all. And what do you think your child is going to think about that decision? Mm-hmm. You know, really, I, I think what, what hasn't happened, it's he hasn't really, because most men, when they have a baby coming, they do feel that um, impulse to provide. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is blocking him from that? I think he's in kind of a identity crisis or like a quote midlife crisis where I know he spent years and years preparing for the job he had and it, it almost killed him. And so I think he's kind of in a aloof state where he just doesn't know where to go, but he has these very clear visions of what he wants to be, which is an author, but yeah, it's difficult to Support someone that, you know, is playing a a game that may be 20 years long before that pays off. Yeah. So if he were on this call with us, what I would say to him is I really see and can appreciate that you spent almost a lifetime, adult lifetime, working towards a career. And in so many ways, it almost killed you. And there's a big part of you that is having a hard time dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And is not knowing what's next and also at the same time feeling this amazing passion 
to be an author. And I get that. And I believe it will happen because you're passionate. And life often presents our passions or what we need to be passionate about in unexpected ways. And right now, we unexpectedly have a child coming. And perhaps what your passion or focus needs to be right now is becoming an amazing father. Because let me ask you this, Cassie, does he have any regrets about the kind of father he is to his eight-year-old? Yeah. And interestingly, a lot of them are around that he was always working multiple jobs and he feels like he missed that child's you know, childhood. There you go. Yeah. So I think you sit him down and appeal to his heart and say, this is an opportunity to really be a father. Did he have a father? Like a father that was present? Like physically, but not emotionally at all. Yeah. Like what an amazing healing opportunity. What does he want his book to be about? He wants to do fiction. So like thriller (laughs) kind of books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of what um, it takes to actually sit down and write is to not have regrets. Because it's very hard for your creative energy to flow if you're not living integrity in your own life. Mm -hmm. And maybe even see if he'll listen to this episode. (laughs) That would be very vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What I think is going to be important for you, Cassie, is to start paying attention to the things you do really love about him and appreciate Mm -hmm. about him. I understand you have your concerns about long-term and I do too, hearing some of the things that you shared, but I keep going back to what's going to be the healthiest for you and the baby. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if a move and a breakup and trying to negotiate with him when he sees the baby and when he doesn't, and is he at the birth that feels, I don't know. I get knots in my stomach when I feel into it. Mm-hmm. That said, I do feel like you need some powerful conversations and some really clear agreements in place. And I would, do you have a counselor or anything that you're working with? We do. Yeah. We just started seeing her. Great. Do you feel it's helpful? It has been helpful. Yeah. In a way, and maybe this sounds wrong, but I wish someone could lovingly kind of call out some of his actions to help him see Mm -hmm. what's going on. And she, I don't think she's comfortable doing that. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what I feel is going on and I don't know if he'll listen to this or not is there's a lot of grief um, around his law enforcement career ending and a sense of lacking his whole identity and sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of floundering because for a man like sense of purpose is a big thing and going out and getting any job would feel like a failure to him and feels kind of intimidating at this point in his life and career and feels like a failure in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And here he has this baby coming, which is probably scaring the bejesus out of him. So he's going into some escapism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds pretty spot on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, how, how I call him forward is, is this 
Like, do you want your child 20 years from now to be calling Christine on the show and saying, my dad was totally absent. Right. And now, you know, if it's a girl, I'm either dating emotionally unavailable men and I've had these terrible toxic relationships with men my whole life. And if it's man, it's probably sounding something like I'm constantly trying to prove myself and striving and making bad decisions because I'm looking for dad's approval. Mm-hmm. You know, there are lots of other ways it could go, but you get the gist. So there's a, and, and you can be this person to call him forward and be like, look, I know this is hard to hear and I need to say it to you because I care about you and I don't want you to have regret. You have regret with your current child. This is your do-over. What's more important? Do you want a do-over? Yeah. Or do you want to have regret again? Mm-hmm. Forget about me and us right now. I'm your, I'm, I'm your co-parent and your partner in this family. And I'm calling you for it because I believe you can give this child a different kind of father. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a really emotional conversation. I think it's a necessary conversation. Yeah, yeah. Has this been helpful at all? Yeah, it does give me good direction to see that I'm maybe asking the wrong question, which is that, yeah, I'm getting lost in the big picture, which is like, or should we even be together? But like you said, right now, maybe that's not the question. The question is, how can we be the best parents and co-parent together and take it a day at a time? Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And what are the agreements we need to put in place? Like who's doing what? You know, who's up with the baby at this hour? Who's doing the dishes? Who's doing the laundry? Who's paying the bills? You know, who's making sure you rest for mm-hmm. a while after you give birth? Like who, Like all of that. And I would, what I would do, do you have any friends that have had babies? Yeah. So I would talk to at least five friends and be like, what are the agreements you wish you would have made with your partner? Or what are the things I'm not thinking of? Because mm-hmm. if there's agreements and if they're written down, then there's not communication issues. Like when somebody gets pulled over for running a red light, they never say, oh, I'm sorry, officer. I wasn't clear that I was supposed to stop at a red light. <laughs> it's like, no, I know that I ran a red light. I'm supposed to stop at a red light. I broke the agreement, mm-hmm. but I would get them super clear and I would write them down and I would use your counselor to help with that. Yeah, that's a great idea because right now I'm struggling to even think what those agreements would be. Yep. Yep. It's mostly around things around the house, time with baby, who's taking care of you, um, how you communicate, things like that. But mm-hmm. if you talk to five people that have had a baby, they will help you come up with things. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have a list. Yeah. So the yeah. focus right now is making your transition into motherhood and this little bean's entry into the world as peaceful as possible. Mm-hmm. You figure out the relationship stuff later. Right now, you're co-parents. Like, you're sure he's the mm-hmm. father, yes? Yeah. Right. So yes. that's what you focus on. Right now, he is the father of your child and your co-parents and you're having a baby. The relationship Mm -hmm. stuff, it's, I know it sounds funny to say that, but it's secondary right now. You've got to get through the birth in at least the first six months. Mm -hmm. 
but you, it'll be clunky if you don't have some clear agreements in place. And I feel like you guys are spending a lot of time trying to like work on deep communication issues and wounds and which quite mm-hmm. frankly take longer than two months to sort through. Yeah. And even though those are super important things, what's most urgent right now is making sure moving into parenthood and having this baby that that is peaceful agreements are in place. You're on the same page. That's the most important thing right now. Okay. How does this feel to you? Does it feel true? Yeah. And it feels less overwhelming for sure. Um, and yeah, the, the bigger money dispute, I guess, I mean, we do have the counselor that we can kind of process things in front of her and get her help, but yeah, I think that's the only piece that feels like an unknown right now. Yeah. 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 And let that be okay. Because for now, what's known is he is the baby's father. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, you know, when you're in that fourth trimester and beyond of, of having a baby, you're not thinking too long term. It's all about the day to day. And that's where you guys need to get better, the day-to-day. Yeah. Okay. I'm sending you so much love and just blessings for a really beautiful birth and transition into motherhood. Call on your friends. Call your counselor forward. Get really specific about what you want. Get these agreements in place so you feel more supported. Let him really be your partner and your co-parent Let the, is this my long-term relationship stuff? Just, you've got to, in my opinion, just my opinion, you've got to put that down for now Mm -hmm. and focus on making this little one's entry into the world as peaceful as possible. Yeah. Okay. That feels good. Thank you, Cassie. I'm glad that's feeling good. Enjoy these last few months of pregnancy and just that beautiful and powerful and, ah, I don't even know what the word is. The last adjective <laughs> I want to use <laughs> that big transition into motherhood. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope it, it goes smoothly. It'll go, it'll go how it goes, <laughs> but it will go more, more smoothly having a few more agreements and support in place. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much to Cassie for your vulnerability and for taking the time to really reflect and ask yourself some difficult questions. I know, at least in my experience, at seven months pregnant, preparing for a baby and just the huge life transition that is to have any really space to think about anything else is often challenging. And you're doing a beautiful thing by making that time to really think about yourself and reflect and ask some difficult questions. So I want to start off with why I coached Cassie the way I did. Number one, it was based on just strong intuition. Number two, it was based on personal experience. And I know from having a baby how big of a transition it is and how it's so important to have support. My heart just goes out to single moms, moms who do it alone. I honestly don't know how you do it. I I really, really don't know. And I, I bow to you because it is, it is hard. It is hard and it's a lot. And you're dealing with recovering from giving birth, the transition to motherhood, adjusting to breastfeeding, sleep deprivation, and not having support is, is really challenging. And so what I felt 
for Cassie was that since this wasn't, didn't seem like it was a very toxic, abusive relationship. And I verified that with her to really look at him as her co-parent and to not make a decision about, are we in a relationship? Are we not? Are we staying together? Are we not? And really look at, okay, the truth is in about two months, we have a baby coming and you're the mother. I'm the father. We are co-parents. What are the agreements around that? Because that child needs, needs mommy and daddy. And it sounded like her partner has a chance for a do-over. And if they broke up right now, they could both become so consumed with that, that they aren't really super present for the child. Now, maybe in other episodes, you've heard me say, staying together for the children isn't always a great thing. I've coached many people from both divorced parents and parents who stayed together for the kids. And parents who stayed together for the kids who were not in a healthy relationship, their kids didn't turn out any better than parents got divorced. It's not like they were like, oh, my parents weren't happy and they're miserable, but they stayed together and that made my life amazing. Kids can pick up on a relationship that isn't aligned and that isn't healthy. So I'm not one to say, oh, we always should stay together for the kids. But in this particular circumstance, two months away from giving birth, dealing with a breakup and not having that clear agreements around co-parenting seem like it could be really challenging. And again, I wasn't necessarily saying you need to stay with him. I was more saying, get agreements in place, get your co-parenting agreements in place. I think to Stephen Covey's four quadrants of urgent and important, there's urgent and important. There's not urgent, but important. There's urgent and not important. And there's not urgent or not important. And to me, the relationship seems like it's a important but not urgent thing to look at. And what is urgent is how can they show up for the baby? And I encourage her, use the counselor. Instead of trudging up your old issues and trying to really get the relationship to a healthy place in two months, and how often are you seeing the counselor, right? Are we talking about once a week? Are we talking about once every other week? To, to have that expectation before this baby is born is a lot. So use the counselor to get clear agreements in place. What does our co-parenting look like? Because that is the urgent and important thing that we need to focus on. Deciding about the relationship isn't as urgent. And I checked in with Cassie and it, that felt true to her. And that's how I always know that I'm on track and I'm not projecting my opinions or my experience onto a person is I can, I can feel in their voice and I can feel in their energy, okay, this is like resonating. This is bringing some relief. And you could hear that she wasn't like, oh, well, I really want to figure this out. She wasn't fighting me on it. And I didn't really hear hesitation. So that's where I felt like, okay, this seems like this is in the highest good to do. And I think her mama heart feels that as well, that the priority really is the baby. The priority really is her transitioning to be in motherhood. The priority is, okay, how do we get clear co-parenting agreements in place. Because honestly, that's going to impact the relationship. Now, when a baby comes, it transforms and changes and asks so much of a relationship. And if they can get those agreements in place and get really in their groove co-parenting, then the relationship's going to become easier and it's going to be easier to get clarity. It's going to be easier to work on things, so on and so forth. So I'm sending you so much love, Cassie, as you transition into motherhood. Love and blessings for a beautiful birth.
And my prayer is that your partner really shows up for you as this co-parent and gets a chance to have a do-over as a dad as well. That's the show for today, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.